<laughs> it's time now for Who's Your Single? Designed to help you find the keys to unlock a successful day at the races. And now, here's your host and the leader of FBG Nation, Dan Cronin, and he's joined by CC Broadus. Hello, friends, and welcome to the latest edition of Who's Your Single, starring Dan Cronin, of course. And uh, this is uh, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday evening, but the races that we're going to cover today will be on January 6th, uh, all over the southeast. I'm going to present to you my my partner in crime this evening right now, Dan Cronin. Dan, how are you doing? Very good. How you been, CC? Uh, the holidays are over, and we're we're ready to get back to work. That's there all I can go. say. There you go. Exactly. Okay, we want to remind everybody, uh, if, if you would, just do us a favor, like us, follow us. Uh, we're available on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we're, we're probably going to be there. And uh, if, if you would, uh, if, if it asks for it, just leave us a kind kind note. Don't say anything bad. I have, uh, I, I'm sore about stuff like that. So, uh, but uh, we want to remind everybody as well that uh, you can get all of Dan's selections uh, every every race day for every important meeting at FatBallGuyRacing.com. I call it Racing's first interactive tip sheet. Dan will bend over backwards to uh, to help you, uh, you know. Make money at the races. Uh, isn't that right, Dan? Absolutely. And we never price anybody out. <laughs> never. All right. So let's get right to it. Uh, got, uh, five races we want to cover on Saturday. And I think, uh, first we'll start with Gulfstream race three. And, uh, Dan, you take it away. First of all, who's your single in race three? I got the favorite flakes, the two. For Zayas, I did not think that this Philly would be six to five morning line. I, I really thought we'd get two, two and a half to one. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. We might still get that. You know, she's never really been a big favorite her last four starts. I mean, nine to one, seven to one, 32 to one kind of tells you the company she's been keeping. And she's got what I love, which is tactical speed turning back to seven furlongs. She's run a mile and 16th and a mile. And now she goes to seven furlongs. She likes to win. She's got, you know, three wins out of 10 starts. And that last race is a lot better than it looked. I mean, they were really rolling up front 46 and one for, for a half going a one turn mile at Gulfstream is really rolling. And she was nine to one held on for third. You go from Rivera, the kid, you know, with the seven pound bug to Zayas. I think this horse may go right to the lead or at least sit right behind the three. And then from there, it'll be on her. But I, I, I think she's the single in the early pick five for sure. All right. Sounds good. Let's uh, look ahead now to race number nine. And you've got a bit of a price here. And uh, we we love these prices. And this is, of course, the, uh, the one-mile ginger brew uh, stakes race on the turf. And looks like a full field. Yeah, 12 horses and an also eligible. So, uh, uh, Dan, give us your price horse in the ninth race at Gulfstream. Hey, everybody's going to be on the four of the 12, right? Azara, 
or the Chad Brown on the outside, Life's an Audible. And that's obvious. They're eight to five, two to one. It, and they're going to be. But the horse that caught my eye is the seven for Bill Mott. San Patalio, I think it's pronounced. Uh, you get Johnny V. He rides right back. And if you look at her chart, you know, she ran five and a half at Saratoga and run okay, you know, 20 to one. Obviously, they didn't think too much of her or she wasn't ready. And then they layer up all the way to November. Did not run her back at Saratoga or Belmont. They waited for Aqueduct and she just aired them and nine to one again. So nobody really took her serious and she just aired them. And if you go watch that replay, she was not stopping, and she went pretty fast, 109-4, and four, 81 buyer. This filly, if she makes the lead or sits first or second and can just get into that big, long stride she has, we just don't know how good she is yet. And those works leading up to this, the December 5th, the December 18th, 24th, those are really, really nice works. So I'd be shocked if we get 10-1. to 1, but 10, 10 to one's fair. Now if she goes down to four or five to one, forget it. But if you're betting a late pick five and you're just using the two stone favorites, at least throw her in, uh, for a 50 center somewhere because she could end up paying 20 to $30 and it would not be a shock to me. Her number is right there if she can duplicate that. Nothing wrong with that. That, that price is, uh, very juicy indeed. Number 12 life's an audible. Not where you want to be going a mile on the grass. I think that would be a pretty, pretty nice fade for for a filly. It's going to take a lot of money after uh, backing out of the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Phillies Turf back in November, and you're getting a, a rad there. So you, this filly probably going to be over bet despite the post position. So I like your play there with number seven, San Pantaleo, uh, for Bill Mott and Johnny Velasquez. So let's uh, let's go west to fairgrounds in new orleans and we're going to talk about race number eight the bob wright memorial hundred thousand dollar stakes for phillies and mares six furlongs these are louisiana breads and if you look at the morning line it's a two-horse race between number two ova charge and number three free like a girl uh dan we're going to flip a coin here which side of the coin did you land on yeah it is it's a flip of a coin and then i like free like girl they both love to win. You know, I, I just think that Free Like Girl is going to be on overcharged outside. I think she's fast enough to be able to lap right on her hip and just wait for her to make her move and then go when she does. And I love the fact she's turning back again out of a mile and 16th where she won as easy as she could win. And that, that, that three hole post when overcharged has the two hole. I think we're going to get two to one where the other one's probably going to be three to five. So I'm single and free like girl. I'm hoping I'm right. I understand that overcharge could beat us, but I just don't think overcharge is going to be able to get away uh, to a nice, easy, comfortable lead in here. I think there's enough other, at least cheaper speed, like the one uh, to run a little bit with her. Uh, I think the four, is very cheap speed, but back in her chart, she, you know, she broke very well every time. And just the last start, her first start in eight months, you know, she just didn't, didn't fire out of the gate. But if she fires out of the gate 
for just a furlong or two, it'll set it up for the three free light girl. And I liked a little bit bigger price. So I'm hoping we can, we can run down overcharge right on the, right on the wire. I like that when you've got uh, two overwhelming favorites, uh, maybe uh, go for just one and, and cut your ticket in half. So, so I like that strategy as well. So now we're going to go north and Saturday night is Turfway. And I call it the most frustrating track in America because uh, sometimes I, I can't uh, I can't grab my ass with both hands at this track. So, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna let you shed some light on it for us. Uh, I, I know we're gonna go first. Let's go to the the sixth race, and this is the uh, the Turfway Preview Stakes. Uh, two years two years old, or excuse me, three year olds now, and it's one hundred twenty five thousand six and a half furlongs on the Poly Track, and you like a price here. And why don't you tell us about your price horse? Yeah, th- this was the perfect race that I that I love at Turfway Park. When I know a horse going six and a half furlongs is going to be a huge favorite on the rail, I I start salivating. I cannot wait to bet against that horse. When you look at the one vote no, yes, he's going to be every bit of six to five, maybe lower, and. He has to either use his horse from the rail, which I don't even think he has enough speed, or he's got to drop all the way back to last and try to come around. And so he's completely compromised. And at that price, I can't, I just can't wait to bet against him. And I think there's enough speed in here that unless Joe Shiesty decides to run off the screen again, like he did last week, I still can't figure out where that race came from. He's never even broken front. And he goes 21 and change, 44 and change, and wins by 12. Now, it was a restricted maiden race. This is a stakes race. That's a whole different ball ballgame. Uh, so I'm thinking Joe Shasty's going to stop this time. I think there's a lot of speed in here with Let's Go Mark, the horse on the rail, Joe Shasty, Sweet Soddy. They, they all got a little bit of speed that where Corey Mann for Brad Cox and Concepcion, the shortstop, should be able to sit somewhere in that fourth or fifth area and really explode home. And I think this street boss really did like the poly to PETA surface last time. I just didn't think it was one of those nights where the speed won a bunch of races. He he approved his buyer number from 54 to 66 to 76. If he goes forward again to maybe, you know, an 80, 81, 82, he's going to be storming home. And I think you're going to get five to one because every buyer player is going to go to Joe Shiesty and every class player is going to run to the rail. So at worst, we're going to be third choice. And I think we'll probably end up fourth choice. I like Quarryman a lot at five to one. And if I get five to one, I'm betting with both hands. Refresh my memory on Quarryman. I think I remember this race on December 20th at last start. I think this horse is looking like he was getting ready to run by the leader, and then Axel Concepcion just whacked him with his left hand. And didn't the horse bear out like several paths out in the yeah. middle of the track? Yeah, just he he just kept going out further and further, and he just kept hitting him left-handed, and he just kept drifting. And everybody's like, "Well, I guess he's not going to go by then because he keeps going sideways." So right. yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that uh, that he's five to one. But I just think he's got so much upside off that race. And then look at the look at the work ten days afterwards. Twelve out of a hundred and eleven, forty-eight and three. Brad Cox don't usually let him go that fast. So, you know, we don't have video of that, but you know, I, I bet he was under a hammer lock 
and they bring him right back here into this little stake race and 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 and, and let's go mark yeah he could win right back he he run an 80 number last time but he was 9 to 1 in that race and i just think he got the lead and just kept going and with Joe Shiesty in there, I'm not so sure he's even going to get the lead. So I have a feeling they're going to go very fast up front, and Corey Mann's going to get the perfect setup. Okay, let's uh, fast forward now to race number eight. And I'm going to be honest with you, this if, if I had to rank the class levels from the from the worst to the best, what I do, do well at and what I do horribly at, I think 30,000 non-winners are two is absolutely my probably my lowest ROI. I mean, all of mine are, are low ROIs, but I think 30000 is is the worst. But you've got a single in here, and I, I respect that, so I'm going to pay a close attention to what you've got to say about your single in race eight. At 30000 non-winners of two, going uh, two turns, one mile for four years old and up, which have never won two races. Tell us about your single, Dan. Yeah, I, I'm a big class handicapper first before speed numbers. And when I see a horse in classic creation, the three here for John Terranova come in here and he's been running allowance, allowance, optional 62s at, at Belmont. He run an allowance race at Keeneland. I mean, though, that, that class level is so much higher than here. I mean, it is just night and day. And then look at his odds, 45 to 1, 40 to 1, 39 to 1. I mean, he, he had no chance in those races. And I think what happened is they started working him on that Belmont training track up there, and they, they said, you know what, why do we keep button heads up here when we can take him down to Turfway Park, drop him a little bit, and the purse is, what, $30,000. So you get a good purse. You're in a race he's got a chance in. And when you go back and look at those Tampa races from earlier, uh, about this time last year, those were his best races when he dropped a little bit. You know, he goes from Saratoga to Tampa. That's a whole different world, right? Tampa runs third, then he wins, then he runs third in an optional 75. Then they all of a sudden they think he, he's really good, so now we're going to ship him to Keeneland. Well, he's running 74, 75, 78 buyers, some type of buyer numbers, you're not going to win allowance races in New York with those buyer numbers, but you can certainly win here for non-winners at two thirty thousand. You, you immediately get Corrales. You get a good inside post. The best part I like about him too is he's got tactical speed. He doesn't have to come from way back. So when I look at this race, I'm looking at Jaybird the one. Might go, might go to the lead. Bosco, Bosco, the five might run a little bit early. And that could mess with the other favorite, Mendel Secret, who's three to one, who also is dropping. But you can see on this, this chart, he has to have the lead. If he does not make the lead, he's got no chance. He's not gonna, he is not gonna rate. I don't know why he won't rate, but he just will not rate. And they've tried him and tried him and tried him and he just, when he makes the lead, he's got a chance. When he doesn't make the lead, he just stops. And so I, I think the little bit of speed with him to mess with him enough that where we can sit maybe about third or fourth and just let those buyer numbers come out. And if he runs a 75 to 78, 79 buyer number, Corrales will point him in the right direction. And I think he's going to win. I, I don't think we're going to get seven to two. I think they missed the morning line, but 
if we get seven to two, not only will I be singling in the pick five, I'll be betting straight. All right. So let's recap uh, your five horses. First of all, Gulfstream in the third race, uh, number, well, I don't have the numbers written down, but it's the horse named Flakes and at six to five. In the ninth race, San Pantaleo at 10 to one at the fairgrounds, race number eight, free like a gal at nine to five, Turfway. Sixth race, Quarryman at five to one. And the eighth race, Classic Creation at seven to two. So not the best weekend of racing as far as stakes races go, but uh, sometimes you can find some diamonds in the rough and hopefully uh, we've helped you out with that. Uh, before we leave you, I always want to remind you to go to fatballguyracing.com. And like we said before, uh, Dan's got all the tracks covered this weekend, Fairgrounds, Gulfstream, Turfway, Santa Anita and Oaklawn. And he'll also have some college basketball selections as well. So you want to uh, check in on that. So uh, uh, before we go, uh, Dan, any parting thoughts? Yeah, just keep betting straight. Go in with your buddies on pick fours and fives. Enjoy those. But for the real money, you got to bet straight. If you don't bet straight, you won't be around this game too long. Sage words. Okay. Good night, everybody, and and good luck at the races, and don't fall off.